I was born in Gundawindi, a town just past bumfuck nowhere in southwest Queensland. My family ended up there because my dad, an accountant for a bus company in New South Wales, was caught using company money to bet on the horses. Out of pity for dad's long-suffering wife and busload of kids, his boss didn't report the crime but told him he had to leave the state. And so began our epic country adventure in a town where dad quickly established an illegal casino, all in the name of fundraising to build the local pool. A facility I believe should be renamed the McDunn Memorial Baths. And speaking of a father making a name for himself in a country town, how about this story from Bronwyn, whose own husband achieved considerable notoriety in Dubbo after an ill-fated family adventure to the Western Plains Zoo. Welcome to My Fucked Up Family. So Bron, welcome to My Fucked Up Family. Thank you. (laughs) Are you excited to be here? Excitement doesn't even cover it, Paul. Right, good, good, good. I'm thrilled and I'm honoured. Part of the appeal for my fucked up family is I think that... You feel less alone. I feel less alone, that's true, that's true. But it's it's the range of interpretations that can fall under the theme, you know. Mm -hmm. Some of the ones that we've... uh, Some of the stories we've had have been quite profound and thought-provoking. Others have been a little bit more nonsensical. And I'll, I'll leave it to the listener to decide... Uh, if this is going to be profound. ...which category uh, yeah. this one falls into. Um, it is a story that involves your husband and your two children. Mm. Mm. Now, would you Not like... Not really me. That's, well, that's why I get to be so scathing because yeah, I have that's zero true. culpability. That's true. But you, you were involved remotely. I was. I was. So would you like to perhaps just... Take us through this little anecdote okay. from, so, from the beginning, Bron. From little, the beginning. With a little bit of background. A little bit of background. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I should say I, I love my husband dearly. He's a, he's a wonderful man, <laughs> a great father, very intelligent and the kindest person you'll ever meet. However. Pause for the butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but wait till I tell you this story about it. It was, oh, it have to be. Ten years ago, and I needed. Craig travels a lot for work. He's a self-described computer nerd, data scientist, yawn, uh, all that sort of stuff. And so he travels a lot for work. So the kids were only little, and he'd be away a couple of months cumulatively a year. And so he didn't really even see the kids much. By the time he'd get home from work, they'd be asleep. He'd leave for work. They were still asleep, you know. So he decided because I I was on deadline for a job that I had to finish, uh, I needed to just not be disturbed for a couple of days that he'd take the kids on an adventure. Some quality time with the kids. Some quality time with the kids. What a great dad. He He's very ambitious yeah. in his uh, – I think he can sort of turn it – into a bit of a competition. Mm-hmm. It's like fun dad, mean mom. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he would always win that contest. And uh, so, yes, he decided that they were going on an adventure to the Western Plains Zoo in Dubbo. Mm-hmm. Now, that's it's, quite a drive, isn't it's it? It's quite a drive. But the good thing is, Craig loves cars. Yeah, he does. Loves, loves, loves cars. So I have. A, At that time, we had a station wagon, which was supposed to be a family car, 
but it was more like a uh, turbocharged hearse. It was a station wagon, but... Look, I think this is quite an important aspect of this story. Yes, yes. Can you tell us what type of car it was? It was Mm -hmm. an Audi RS6. It's like a uh, fully sick V8 Euro trash thrash beast, Paul. (laughs) It's serious. The thing about this car is that it was phenomenally expensive. Yes, yes, very. And it it, it was sort of like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yes. It had a massive engine in it. So it had, had all this stuff crammed under the bonnet that just supercharged this car. Yes. I think the police used them in Germany on the, on the Autobahn <laughs> to chase the people. And it was, a, it was a station wagon. It was. Yeah. I think they called it an Avant. I mm. think my husband loved me a bit more if I remember that. Yep. And, uh, you know, there, there were only only a few of these in the country. Mm. And uh, he loved this car so much, like, every day. It had those ridiculous big, big rims on the t- – so that you can't really see the tyre. So uh, every day he'd come home and it's like returning your car to the rental company. It's like, I see you collected the back left-hand rim. <laughs> He when he would when he would park the car, it, it was like he just stopped the car in the road, because he he didn't want to, he didn't, want, he to didn't get, want to scratch those rims. Yeah, he didn't want, he to, didn't want to get too close to the curb. So it, it, I used to joke that it was as if he'd just turned the car off in the middle of the road. But he would also do thing. He loved this car so much that you know I, I, he could be travelling overseas in five hours. The flight would be going, and he still wouldn't have packed. But this would be when he would need to, it was imperative that he would wash the car. Mm. So that's been one of the nice things about being married to him. I haven't cleaned a car in 18 years, Mm. but um, the annoying part is that it means that I can't even leave a um, chapstick in the car because it has to be pristine Mm. at all times. Mm. Mm. (laughs) God forbid an umbrella would be in a family car. Why would you keep an umbrella in a car? That's just going to mess it up. That's going to mess it up. Mm. Same with with a tissue, anything like that. Mm. But kids tend to kind of ruin that, Mm -hmm. especially Tom, who if you so much as went round a bend, was prone to a spontaneous projectile vomit. (laughs) But that wasn't my problem because I had four days ahead of me with no kids for the first time ever. They were about five and two. And I was relishing the serenity, albeit as I worked. And so off they went and I didn't hear anything. Uh, Had a whole day of working. It was all good. They were going to the zoo fari thing where you, I think it's called, where you spend the night at the zoo and wake up all early and do the see the animals, feed the animals and all the behind the scenes stuff. But I was sitting there as I just sat down with the remote control and a glass of wine at about 7.30, 8 what, o'clock. What, what day of the week are we talking here? Can you remember? Oh, okay. it, was, it was midweek. Yeah, right, okay. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, and then so my phone rings and I answer it and it was like, oh, yes, hello, it's Constable... Fitzsimmons from the Dubbo police, you need to uh, send uh, a tow truck. Your husband's, your husband's broken down 100 kilometres out of Dubbo. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, okay, bye. <laughs> I was like, oh, 
you know. So after getting over the initial kind of shock when someone presents himself as a police officer and uh, being Craig, I thought, oh, no, here we go, what's happened? Uh, the car was so specialist, I guess. Uh, we didn't hadn't joined the NRMA because it, it, basically the um, order was that you just need to put the car straight on a tow truck and have it towed to some specialist Euro service person. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll try and find a tow truck. So I'm starting to ring round towing companies and going, oh, shit, this is a bit tricky and couldn't get through to Craig, uh, obviously, because he was out of range at Vodafone. And Did you have any idea what was wrong with the car at that point? No. When the police guy called, he just said that he's broken down. Right. And so it was only when I'd called a few towing companies and I was thinking, oh, I'll have to get something that can put the kids' car seats in and how I was going to – the logistics of doing that that I then thought to call back the police and then I actually got someone else who said, oh, no, he's just got a flat tyre. I was like, oh, okay. So he didn't think of changing that flat tyre, Bronnie? He may have, but there is no spare tyre to change the flat width. Is there a reason why there's no tyre in this? Because it's a stupid car (laughs) and the the big – everything's bigger. Yeah, right. And the big battery is too big to fit in the big V8 engine in the front of the car, so the big-ass battery's in the back, which means – what can we get rid of? I know the spare tire. Right. Okay. So because the car because mm. the car is a fully sick mate car. That's right. To take the spare wheel out, put the battery in there. But you know, for this very expensive car, whilst you may not have got a spare tire for your money, you do get a can of like that space invading foam sticky goo stuff. Uh, you spray your flat tire, and it might. Uh, seal the hole for long enough for you to get to wherever you need to a go. service station, unless if you're in the country, yeah, in the middle of nowhere, mm. 100 kilometers out of Dubbo. Yeah, so he's gone on this long country drive mm. with no spare tire and Vodafone. That's a that's a <laughs> that's a tragic combination. And yeah, in yeah. the bush, it yes. really is. And then I get another phone call, and this time it, it's Karen from Dubbo Zoo, and uh, she said, "Oh." I'm a bit worried about Craig. Okay, oh, me too. She goes, I've got kids the same age as your kids and uh, your kids should be in bed. I'm like, yeah, I know. And she goes, and they've missed dinner. And I go, yeah, I I just had a call from uh, Constable Fitzsimmons and he said that they've they've broken down 100 kilometres out of Dubbo, but I've just – I don't even know – because apparently there are two highways. She goes, oh, they're on the Bruce. I called Craig before. Tom had already vomited twice as they drove through Lithgow and he was a bit upset, but I told him I'd help. I was like, oh, just listening to Karen go on and on, how she just, she had it so under control. And I said, well, I'm trying to work out what I'm supposed to do here. And she goes, oh, that's all right. I know uh, Barry from the NRMA. I'll send him out. Uh, and I know, you know, Rob, who's got the tire shop at Wellington, I'll send him out. I'll change the booking for the Zufari to tomorrow night. That way they won't, won't spend money when they're not going to have used it. And uh, I'll book them into the local motel. And I was like, okay, thank you. Karen's a legend. Dead set legend. And uh, meant that I could go back to my uh, real housewives of somewhere <laughs> dodgy. 
<laughs> and a glass of vino in peace and just thought, oh, look, you know, it's all. So as far as you were aware at that point, Karen was taking care of everything. Yep. And let's face it, you were relieved because it's only a flat tyre. Also, only a flat I tire. checked out. I'm not the default parent at this point. That's right. I don't – these are the dramas. You know, a little part of me kind of uh, – there was a small sense of satisfaction that everything hadn't gone smoothly because – uh, Craig would often like to tell me how there was never any drama when he was in charge and everybody was fine. And the fact that uh, what was supposed to be a four-hour drive was probably double that by now. Right. And so okay. – but I still didn't lose any sleep over it. Good. I slept <laughs> – like a log. Well, you've got you've got you've got absolute confidence in Craig and his abilities well, to handle this situation. I've got absolute confidence in Karen oh, and actually. in her ability to boss Craig round and for him to obey her. That's right. In a way, you delegated your role to Karen. That's right. She was the kind of proxy wife. Yeah. Right. So I had a lovely, restful night's sleep, uninterrupted by children. I probably slept. I did sleep in because. Why wouldn't I? Nine o'clock or something in the morning, Craig calls me. I'm like, oh, everything's okay. Karen sorted you out. And he's like, uh, did you read my email? I was like, no. He goes, oh, I sent you an email. I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, yeah. Uh, but listen, uh, the local paper uh, is taking my photo, so I've got to go. I was like, huh, <laughs> what? Local paper? Okay, and so then I go and read this email and basically Craig has, after getting picked up by the NRMA guy and then the tyre guy, apparently at midnight he had the kids at Wellington McDonald's, like father of the year, a two-year-old and a five-year-old out with the uh, meth heads and the, the youths at uh, the McDonald's at midnight and then they went to the motel and so... Craig was still apparently wide awake at this point and uh, decided that now was the appropriate time for him to write down his thoughts and feelings about the events that had happened and to uh, notify some media outlets because he was quite upset. Oh. And uh, Just tell us what, the, what actually happened to him then. So he, so he got a flat tyre and then pulled over, attempted to use the stuff that you spray but the goo, the, yeah, yeah but the tire was beyond repair and so then because the only number that he could get through to was the police he called triple zero hmm. and then they said yeah we'll we'll send someone out and then he waited waited hours passed several viewings of Muppet Christmas movie on the DVD player for the kids. And they're like, where are the police? And and Craig's like, oh, they're coming. And apparently some people stopped and he said, oh, no, 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 someone's coming. And so four hours later, that was when Karen sent the NRMA guy and uh, that's when – so they sat there for on that. On the side of the road. On the side of the road. By the end of it, snackless, tired in the dark. And so – all because he had a flat tyre. Anyway, I proceed to read this email and uh, it is addressed to the Dubbo police but also the local Dubbo paper, uh, the Daily Liberal, and uh, I think maybe um, Tony Abbott, our local member, might have received a copy, A Current Affair, the Sydney Morning Herald. 
you know, various various uh, people that needed to know, to know, yeah. needed to know mm-hmm. what it exactly what had happened a mm. hundred kilometers mm. outside of Dubbo because this was a breaking news, mm. you know. Mm. And uh, I read it and I just thought, oh, Craig, I know you're upset, but I don't think you're going to have many people on your side. <laughs> Bless you. Anyway, so uh, I guess Craig came back. Uh, two days later, and then the very next day he was at work and he sends me an email with a link and I proceed to open the link and it is the Daily Liberals cover page, giant photo of Craig and the kids in the car and the phone looking cross by the side of the road and I don't remember what the actual headline was but it to paraphrase, it it was basically big city dickhead gets a flat tire, <laughs> calls triple zero, expects police to save him, and so it was a clarion call went out over the Western Plains for all and sundry to chime in with their <laughs> two cents worth, and there were several gems amongst the comments, so it was. Five pages, uh, and they just were, oh, fair dinkum, this guy's a modern-day Birkin Wills, <laughs> or some mothers do have him. Oh, I can't believe there's not an emergency mobile latte van. This guy's an effing idiot. I can't believe he's in charge of children. Oh, my God, what sort of a knob gets in a car without a spare tyre, etc. And just variations on that theme. And... They were loving life. They were united in their derision of this father and his ill-fated trip to the zoo. <laughs> and, you know, next time you city slickers come west, you better have a bloody satellite phone, uh, two weeks' worth of water, some uh, space food sticks and whatever other supplies. And don't even think about don't even think about leaving the Greater Sydney region otherwise. Yeah, or at the very least a spare tyre. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, spare tyre. So, mm. oh dear, poor old oh, Craig. Poor old Craig. <laughs> I was laughing for the first several pages, but then I did feel sorry because Craig knows about cars. He, you know, and I think he just... He sort of buried the lead in his email in that he kind of just didn't point out when the only person you can contact is triple zero and then they tell you that they're going to do they're, – they're very sort of vague in the information that they relay to you. You don't have many options. Was it an emergency? Probably not. Uh, you know. <laughs> anyway, but then just when we thought – Uh, Following day, paper, front page, and it was Rob Jones. He was the guy driving behind the idiot with the flat tyre. He was the front page news. (laughs) And uh, Craig then forwards that to me. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. And this guy in in great detail describes how, yeah, I drove drove behind this idiot. He obviously doesn't know the thing anything about cars he had a flat tire and then I saw him at the service station I said yeah your back back tires flat and he said no there's something wrong with the car so I thought you know this retiree was maybe just taking the piss a little there there isn't you know I knew enough to know that 
uh, Craig would never say there's something wrong with the car. It's not it's not Craig lingo to be so flippant. No, no, he no. yeah he mm. would give you way too much detail. Yeah, and uh, anyway, I was like, oh geez, that's that's not fair. And then Craig goes, yeah, I called him. I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, shut it down, Craig, shut it down. And so apparently he looked up this retiree's phone number and called him and said, now that's not what happened, was it? And uh, this retiree apparently did sort of back down slightly. Saying, but saying I was misquoted by the media. Yeah, yeah. But And then, of course, again, another five pages of comments. And, uh, and unfortunately, there wasn't a day three front page, Rob the retiree, Got it wrong. Retracts his yeah, comments. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing is that uh, Craig was obviously quite obsessed with the comments page because he went back and yes. found he the started comic story. Yes. yes, and then he actually, oh, you've reminded me now, he did start commenting on the comments. No. Not, yeah, I was like, we are pulling the plug on your, <laughs> you're going dark now, Craig. Yeah. But he was probably banking on everyone hating the police, but mm. unfortunately they didn't hate the police as much as they hated wankers from the city. Yes. He never saw this coming. He thought that they would be equally on his side. An outrage. It's an outrage. In fairness to Craig, no matter how he had framed his email to the local media, (laughs) they were never going to get beyond this is a great story about uh, city versus country. Oh, yeah, it's that age-old tale. Yeah. It's like they turned up to work. Not only they have to go looking for the idiots, this one's presented himself on a platter to them. They were rubbing their hands together. They go, this one's going viral. (laughs) They knew at every single pub in the Central West they would There'd be people standing around just laughing about this loser. It was all a big adventure for them. Well, look, he wanted some quality time with the children. And he got it. And he, he got, got it. it. Then uh, the car with the new tyres then broke down on the way home. And so the kids, the car came uh, back to Sydney on the back of a truck and the kids and Craig were in the uh, cab with the tow truck driver. It was a shit show from go to woe. Well, look, Bronnie, I love that story. I really do. I think it's just so wonderful. And uh, and I think it does sort of bring a different a different spin on my fucked up family. <laughs> and how Craig, how, how some people would allege yeah. that Craig had fucked up. Yeah. And? And others wouldn't. Wouldn't. No. No. Namely Craig. Yeah. <laughs> but still, we could ask the Daily Liberal and their readers. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of My Fucked Up Family enough to subscribe, share or like. And remember, if you have your own fucked up family story you'd like to share, contact us through our Facebook page. Until next time on My Fucked Up Family.